Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Pod Strickland. I'm your host, Shorty Poo, and this is episode 213. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Prez, that's at Presidente on Twitter, for a very special first live recording that we're doing with Strickland patrons for $15 tiers and above. One of the many perks that I will definitely spew about in a second. Uh, Prez, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. I mean, we're... In the presence of some special people who clearly aren't broke boys, and they're willing to uh, contribute for the the good stuff. So uh, yeah. I'll try my best out here. The legions of uh, Strickland patrons out there that uh, many many millions. Uh, <laughs> no, thank you uh, to everybody here, and obviously everybody in general that is a patron or not. Uh, before we get started, I have to make an announcement. This Strickland has a Patreon. You can subscribe to it. There are a number of tiers. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland every Friday. This one right here that I do with Prez. You also get access to Drew, Doug, whatever you want to call him, his mailbag that he does every other week sometimes, maybe. Uh, you get access to that. You also get access to the Strickland Discord where the conversation about should we or should we not Trade for Donovan Mitchell and why Danny Ainge is an asshole never stops. There is also a $9 tier that gets you access to Strick and Roll, my solo pod, where I rant, yell, and rave about the Knicks even more. You also get access to weekly articles from the wonderful Matthew Miranda and Jack Huntley, two of the best in the business. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier that gets you access to this thing right here that we're doing, a live recording of the pod with patrons of the $15 tier or above. You also get access to live watch parties, potentially uh, merchandise discounts. You also get access to even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside yours truly one day, whether you choose to subscribe or not, none of this would be possible without you. Uh, so without further ado, let's get started. Uh, let's start talking about Isaiah Hartenstein, baby. No, we're not going to start talking about Isaiah Hartenstein. Um, I don't know. I think let's just start with the media thing because apparently we have to talk about this. Uh, I gotta say, like again, we've talked about this before, but I I get why. Like, sure, it would be nice if they let the media in to do like stupid Jalen Brunson interviews yesterday. Um, I just don't really care, and you know the reason I don't care is specifically why what Mullica Andrews said on ESPN because she was like, oh, you know, we didn't get to ask Jalen Brunson about, you know, potentially playing. And it's like, we know what you're saying. You know, like, you want to ask Jalen Brunson about possibly playing with Donovan Mitchell. You want to get some money quote that you can, you know, twist and present as like, oh, Jalen Brunson didn't mention R.J. Barrett. Like, is he on the move? Is that That's all they want to do here. Uh, and then they want to ask him about tampering shit. Like, that's that's it. And you know what? Maybe they should have had the media there, but if you did tamper with Jalen Brunson, which like 
they did. Uh, and if you are plotting to make a move for Donovan Mitchell and Jalen Brunson is kind of in the know about this stuff, you probably don't want to even, why risk it? And, you know, I think, I think the way they presented it, it wasn't billed as like an in-house interview, right? It was billed as, this is an introductory press conference for Jalen Brunson with season ticket holders. Because that's who was there, season ticket holders. I don't have a problem with that. It, it was not billed as like some massive press conference thing. And it, and it wasn't. Like they literally took questions from the fucking audience, from one of them being like a cute little six-year-old girl uh, who asked him a question about his fucking dog. So like, I just don't care about this. I will never care about this. And even the reasons we're supposed to care are so fucking stupid. So, you know, like, I, I don't know. That, that's all I can really say about that at this point. Yeah, I'm just so tired of talking about this same thing. And, and you know, you just, it's funny that she specifically mentioned the Donnie stuff because... Hate it had you, to be her. Yeah, hate it had, well, she, she's, <laughs> she's awesome at her job and whatever. So, like, I... That's, this is my thing. So, like, that's actually a, a, a perfect kind of example here. Like, she's good at her job. Even if that wasn't the place to ask about Donnie, like, as a journalist, like, I'd want to kind of ask about Donnie. I get that. But e even if this is supposed to be, like, a thing for Jalen and you're just kind of shitting on that or whatever, but, like, she didn't make it about like oh like access to the press blah 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 right it, like the the holier than thou shit like I, oh, she, I no no she did she was oh like, did she yeah she was like oh we have to you know we we like they need to be asked questions to hold them accountable and it's like hold oh them yeah, accountable for yeah what like signing well, Jalen Brunson like this is this is like this is like this this is like asking like if if I'm upset that like so I know people. I'm not putting all my business out there, but like I work in environmental stuff and this is like being mad that like, I don't get interviews from Fox news. <laughs> like, Oh my God. Like how, how am I going to get my message out to the people? These, these people, how are they going to, you know, how's the press going to have accurate information about the environment and climate change to relay? Like, bro, I don't give a flying fuck what Fox news contacts me or not, because they're not going to help anybody understand this. That's my whole thing. Like, you're not holding anybody accountable. If you were, you would have asked some, like, even medium level of pressing questions to the coaches or whoever at some point in the last two and a half years. The tips has been here, three years, whatever. And they really have it. Like, so I just don't, like, like I get it in a vacuum. But, like, again, I just, I, I just can't bring myself to care because it, it it's, you're, it's like a, what is it like a like a pyramid scheme? Like I don't even know which which con is the appropriate thing. Where like you're selling something to nobody and people are making money, but nobody's benefiting from it. That's not a pyramid scheme. What is that called? I have no clue what you're talking about. It's a pyramid scheme. Yeah, I think you're just talking about like a scam. Yeah, like scams. <laughs> no, I think it's a pyramid scheme where it's like your pit. The idea is that like you're selling stuff, but like nobody's actually like benefit. Ponzi scheme. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Shout out Vivek. Um, yeah, that's what this is because like nobody's benefiting because that shit is outdated and there's very few reporters, at least in Nick's world. I'm sure other fan bases are much more blessed. Uh, there's very few reporters or journalists who really provide helpful things to fans. And I'm not, I don't even mean just like the fans on here who are like, oh, like let's look at the dark DPM or whatever. Like I don't care about that. Like even just like my brother who is a diehard Knicks fan 
who understands analytics, but he's like time to sign up for the Patreon. Right, I, he might already be actually, um, <laughs> but um, I forgot to tell him about this today. But uh, like, he's not like he doesn't care about. He's not out here like listening to Michael K or whoever Island Han on the radio. You know, he because he doesn't care. He's like, I mean, I'm the- watching highlights on YouTube and I'm watching and I'm listening to like clips on blogs or watching KFTV, not looking to or or reading Zach Lowe, right? Like there's a few guys who you listen to in these big platforms to actually get insight on the game or the roster building or the trades or whatever. But it's not these fuckers. Well, I mean that's that's the thing that I think is like most relevant is like look there's like two parts of this where first of all you got like so most of this actually stems I think from the local media. Like I don't think this is really about Dolan trying to stick it to national guys or anything. Oh yeah, this is like grudge stuff. <laughs> yeah, this is grudge stuff from local media. They're and, carrying the torch for the you know for when yeah. that shit first started for a lot of dudes. Yeah, and, and I think the thing that pisses me off is like these guys talk down to they they talk down to fans all the time. Like Bondi had a tweet the other day where he, he suggested some like asinine you know, 78 team trade that couldn't happen. And people were just like, why the fuck would the Knicks do this, you moron? And he was like, oh, here come Knicks fans overting their own players. And it's like, dude, like, you you want us to give a shit that you don't get access to the fucking team and you treat fans like an asshole. Like, you and your predecessor, Frank fucking Vampire Teeth. I saw the, other, the other hilarious thing is, like, if you talk to players... Throughout the year, I remember players saying this even when I was growing up in the 90s. They're like, oh, yeah, Knicks fans love basketball. They know basketball. Like, I'm not saying other fan bases, like, don't know what the fuck is going on. But, like, you have a bunch of diehard fans. So, like, if you're not providing anything valuable that increases their enjoyment or understanding of the game, like, they're going to call you out for that shit. So, like, and, you and- off your high horse. Like, you, Bondi got handed a job. Nothing about the way he rose to his current position. He's, should, you know, should well, how did you get your job, Andy? Like, come on. Right. Nothing about, like, the work he's done or how he's gotten here has given fans any reason to give a shit what he says about basketball analysis. There's other people who they have gotten their positions. Well, that's, that's what I'm like, saying. Like, like, they like, there's people who have gotten their job by nepotism who still provide analysis or are still good at their job. In all types of fields. Like, Eric Spolstra, like, yeah, people talk about him rising. From, it's a different, it's a little apples to oranges. He, you know, started out as a video coordinator, but his pops worked in the business. But guess what? Eric Spolstra's fucking great at his job. He was a great video coordinator, and now he's a great coach. So, yeah, I'm going to care what he says. But, like, these guys, there's nothing there. Like, Vork, Vork, Vorkanov, when he was here, now he's covering business stuff. I would sometimes read his stuff and be like, oh, damn, this is cool research. Like, this is this is dope. I'm glad I read this. That doesn't happen with these guys right now. Chris Herring, that used to happen every single article because he's amazing. But, like, since those, aside from those two, like, there's, there's other, like, this is what, what, you know, what separates Begley to me. is like he's not pretending to be some fucking basketball guru and he doesn't talk shit because he understands that, like, he's here to report what happens and what might happen and not give you a bunch of fucking extracurricular bullshit to go along with it. And he keeps it real with you. And he's not taking it personal. If people are like, hey, dude, like, this seems weird. He'll be like, oh, maybe it is. Maybe it's not. He's not going to be like, you don't know shit. Like, I mean, the, the thing is, like, 
I don't. There was a time in my life where I needed to depend on Mark Berman and the Stefan Bondis and Frank Isola's of the world to get it was the only game Knicks in town. Yeah, I had I had to read their shit to to get information on the Knicks, and not even just information like you missed the game. Okay, right. what happened their, in the game? The I, game had to, I had to. Yeah, I have to read their recap. I, but like, I don't have to do that now because there is fan created content out there that, quite frankly, is more in depth. It's more engrossing. It is. It's it's more even handed analysis. Like, I'm not saying. I'll say this. Like, like Matt, I I disagree with Macri like 99 percent of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, he's been critical of the front office, right? Like, I've been critical, you've been critical of the coaching staff. We've all been critical of Julius Randle's existence. Like, we're critical of the team in various ways. But, like, I'm, I don't, so, like, this idea that, like, oh, well, you need the media to hold the fucking, you know, oh, they're going to hold fucking Dolan and these guys accountable. No, they're not. They're just not. Like, Bro, Julius booed us, not y'all. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's, like, like, this idea that we need them to hold people accountable is bullshit. Because guess what? Like, to your point, the, the Julius example is perfect. Like, we were, people were so on his ass that it, it it elicited that reaction. And, like, maybe that says something about, you know, were people too overboard and all Yeah, absolutely. That all That's true. But no, the like, fact that nothing he was being, I say, right. Yeah, exactly. He was being held accountable by the fans for what they perceived as bad effort, bad play, whatever. And so, like, that to me, I mean, I, I'm sorry. Like, you, you don't, we don't need fucking Berman and Bondi to like white knight for us. Like, oh, well, how are the fans? This is for the fans. It's not for the fans. Like, it's not for the fans. It's never been for the fans. You know, Mark Stein, ha- you know, this guy can write like 78 newsletters. Every it could. The, the, the funny thing care. is, it could be for the fans. If y'all right. stepped up to the plate, we yeah. do the shit for free, almost. Maybe like $15 Patreon subscriptions. <laughs> but, but that's like it. Yeah, it's not a full time job, right? And and I just think like it, I just honestly, it's just infuri- It's just bullshit to me. Like I I don't like you're telling me to care. Like you should care about this. Why should I care, man? Like literally, it took like base. It's forget forget even this shit, right? Like it's just basic stuff where it's like you. If you want me to care, then provide like I don't need like I understand at a national level, right? Like at national level, I understand you're not gonna like do crazy deep dives and have the most insight into each team that that's obvious totally understandable but like when you can't get fucking facts right and, and it, whether that's intentional or not i think a lot of times it is intentional then of course I'm, like when you present you keep presenting for like a week after we all know the details of the fucking kemba walker trade right like you keep presenting it as oh my god the Knicks salary dumped kemba at the expense of a first round pick like that's just stupid. Like, we know that's not true. And then you want me to care that the same outlet, same outlets, multiple, that are, like, providing this type of analysis don't have access? Why would I care about that? You know, why would I care? Like, I'll get, best example. It's like, caring, like, it's like caring that tennis reporters don't have access to Leon Rose. Yeah. And, and, what and, the fuck am I going to learn about basketball from a tennis reporter? And, and like, the best, the best example of shit like this, because this, this is one that really pissed me off. This was happening all year, right? All year. You'd have John Hollinger was like the king of this, but all these national guys, right? Even some local guys, um, they kept presenting all of these Knicks contracts, right? Oh, 
Alec Burks has two years left on his contract on this. Rose, Noel, they both have two years left on their contract after this one. Oh, Evan Fournier has three years left on his contract after this one. And it was like, guys, we know, like, we know for a fact all of these contracts are actually a year shorter, basically, because the final year of all of these contracts are team options. So when you are actively presenting information in a way that is, it effectively is, again, intentional or otherwise, I do think it is intentional at a certain point, if you're presenting information in a way that it's misleading. It's it's not just misleading. It also directly impacts the value of these players and contracts, right? The perception of what they are as assets. Then I'm sorry, like you don't I don't care that you, like you can't even get facts right that you don't need access for. And now you want me to give a fuck that you can't ask questions to Leon Rose. And then, you know, like you brought this up too. We sat there for an entire year, an entire season begging pleading, wanting anybody on the motherfucking beat to ask him serious questions and press him on it. Why do you continue to play the stupid rotations? Why can't you play the young guys more? Why can't Emmanuel Cook start? Why can't Obi Toppin start? Like, we did this... What are the numbers that, that you're... Like, Alec Burks is getting the numbers. What numbers are they? We're curious. That's not... You're not asking them to give you the nuke codes here. <laughs> like... Yeah, exactly. And it's just it's just like extremely, extremely frustrating. And, um, you know, uh, it is what it is. Um, so whatever, we're going to we're going to move on past that. And we are going to discuss some actual basketball here. Uh, I want to start a little bit with our New York Knicks uh, as they're currently constructed. You know, I want to talk about that because. What I want to know is, what can this team be um, without Donovan Mitchell? And the consensus seems to be that this is like a middling outfit uh, that wouldn't be able to achieve much. And I'm just not sure that that is true. I keep like I I I personally just off the top of my head, I'm like, yeah, I think that'd probably be a play-in range team. But I do wonder, like, if there's more than that to it. Yeah, it's, I mean, nerd stats are nerd stats. You know, your mileage may vary, listeners. Um, the point differential was that of about a 500 team, which really isn't surprising if you were subjected to the regular, like, idiocy of just us bleeding points for no reasons and weird counterintuitive not helpful substitutions in the clutch and not playing our best players and stuff like that. And, you know, we went through this for the whole season, right? Like, nobody was saying if the young guys played more, we would turn into fucking Boston Celtics. But uh, it was pretty clear using both your eyes and statistics that that was a couple of wins that they could have scratched out that they didn't. A little more, perhaps, than the average team. And that's not a crazy statement, right? And that takes them to, you know, around 500, if not at 500. And you take that team that was like, could have been, but wasn't about a 500 team. And you replace Alec Burks, who, you know, did his thing in a weird situation with Jalen Brunson, who's really good. And not only is he really good, but he's specifically good at the things 
that this coach wants on offense. And I think what people don't understand, uh, Knicks fans probably understand this, and anybody who, I'm sure Bulls fans and Wolves fans actually understand this, but like, Tibbs is pretty, can be pretty particular, and he needs certain things for the offenses he wants to run. And even beyond just Tibbs, like, any offense in the NBA that's good has some level of, has, has just straight up pretty much has guards or point guards who aren't actual guards. So, like, you know, Luka LeBron, whatever, Giannis. They have ball handlers, guys who have the ball a lot, who can get into the paint pretty regularly. We had one guy who could do that. Julius got into the paint, but it wasn't facing the hoop, right? It was post-ups. It was rolling. That's that's different. That's not... And plus, like, defenses, like, didn't really fear him because he wasn't good at the rim or mid-range or anywhere. So, like, we really only had one true rim pressure threat, and that was RJ. And it's it's literally impossible to have a, a even decent offense in the NBA with unless you pass a certain threshold of uh rim pressure really like we just don't we just don't get that kind of defense collapsing action and now we will with Jalen you know it's not going to be the same as like having multiple guys do that like a lot of really good teams have but that's a pretty big upgrade in one particular key weakness over last year's team. So like if you say if you take the premise of us being like uh 500ish and then you say okay big upgrade to the offense it instead of being the 25th best offense in the NBA it'll now be the 18th or 17th or something like that thanks to Jalen Brunson um which I feel like your mileage I mean I I don't know if that's too much if that if that's too generous or not but like even if you say like 19th or 20th assuming the defense holds that's still a pretty big improvement on offense and that's probably worth a couple of wins so like that gets you a couple of wins over 500 possibly and that's without having really any good luck so that's like that's a solid team right there you know that's not going to be a team that like people are adjusting their end of season stars resting to avoid or anything but <laughs> that's that's still a team with some that might fuck up your day fuck up your couch yeah i um i think it's pretty interesting um in the sense that so look the team went, goes 37 45 last year they have a point differential of a 500 win team julius randall plays about like whatever we think about him that was easily the worst possible level of play that anyone could have expected from him. It's probably the worst year of his career. Uh, Kemba Walker is, you're talking about like, what's a 99th percentile outcome? That was like a zeroth percentile outcome, what happened with him. He just was awful all around. Um, and... You know, then you have a coach who kind of like just made a lot of suboptimal decisions, right? Like he, instead of trying quickly a point guard, just sticks with Alec Burks a point guard. Burks was actually good enough that that unit was at least, I think it was like a slight net positive. Or yeah, I'm pretty sure that was, that was the uh, aforementioned numbers that nobody in the media wanted to ever ask about. So we had to dig it up ourselves because we're more statistically inclined journalists, even though we don't get any money. And don't have the whole day to look up these things. Um, 
even though we basically do spend the entire day looking up these stats. Uh, no, but like, <laughs> but like, I, uh, I, I just think that. So that that's like basically the worst possible set of outcomes in those scenarios, right? On top of that, you get uh, Derek Rose, who plays. Let me look it up. I think he played. I don't want to say he played twenty set twenty six. 26 games this past year. That was a total of 636 minutes that he played. So, again, literally the worst possible outcome for him. Like, And I know some of that was actually... I th- I personally... I don't know. I have any way of confirming this. Um, I think that was an intentional move to shut him down after the All-Star break when he was, like, allegedly gearing back up. And they were like, actually, why don't you get some elective surgery done, pal? Um, so, whatever. That That's fine. But, like, these are all really, really bad outcomes, right? And even the Noel thing. So, like... Oh, he had the... I felt so bad for him from the get-go because, like... Yeah, he's not. Like, was that an overpay? Would I have signed that contract? No, but he was really, really good the year before in his role. Like, like I, I was rooting for him so hard, and he was fun to watch on defense. And, like, he just physically wasn't right. And, like, that shit sucks for any player. Like, you never want that on anyone except maybe Kristaps Porzingis, but even not him now, because he's not in Dallas, right? So, like, that was rough for Nerlens. Like, again, like, horrible outcome. Zero percentile outcome. Like, guy who depends on his athleticism just couldn't get right. It was just awful. Yeah, and like, that's... He, and and the thing is, like, whatever his issues were, and, and I, I'm not a fan of Nerlens Noel, I was... Given the contract, I wasn't too upset they brought him back, but I didn't really want to bring him back. Um, I just, like, he was the starting center for a lot of the previous season. He was a really good backup center at the very least, and we effectively uh, just didn't have him for a while, so we had to overplay Taj. Taj, you know, bless his heart, the guy's 37. Like, you can't overplay him for as long as we did with Mitch coming back from his injury and being out of shape, like, you know, uh, obviously every team goes through some shit, and so this is not like a sob story for the Knicks, but, you know, Jericho Sims, he wasn't ready until the second half of the year. I'm fine with how they managed that. But, like, this is all to say that, um, you know, if... Like... The Knicks had a lot of bad shit go against them, and even at the end of that, they finished 37 and 45. Like, that's pretty solid, um, considering all of that. And given that they finished offensively right around, I think they finished like 110.6 offensive rating, I want to say, was the offensive rating this year, which is effectively what they finished with the year before. And that was during Julius's like all NBA awesomeness season and Derrick Rose playing a lot more minutes and stuff like that. Like, the fact the offensive output at a team level stayed very similar is actually really encouraging to me. Uh, Yeah, because it means other fucking dudes got better, the kids. People don't realize that if you don't ask the right fucking questions. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, quickly got better. RJ got better. Obi got better. All those guys got better. You're getting... I mean, Grimes didn't get better, but... You would think he will get better, and he looks like he got better. Uh, he'll also play more minutes. Like, there's reasons that you would think a lot of these guys will be better, even better than they were last year. And on top of that, like, 
you put Brunson into the mix, and Brunson is he is the best at the thing the Knicks are literally the worst at in the NBA, which is scoring inside the arc, which I've talked about a lot before. And I just think that like you cannot dismiss the impact that can have. And the fact that like he can get into the paint pretty consistently. Uh, he was one of the higher drive players in the league. Yes, he played in a five-out offense, but like I don't think that really explains all of it. Uh, and there's also ways he's going to... There's another thing. I mean, we can get into it a little bit later or now, whatever you want to show in. But like people always talk about what he's losing by leaving the five-out offense. And that's super fair, right? Because that's the optimal environment for somebody like him especially who is short and you know even though he's an amazing like god level finisher through sorcery like that's a big deal but there's also other things that he's getting in new york that he didn't have in dallas right like a role man who isn't like a power forward with you know dwight powell he's great at what he does but he's not like a big time I don't know where he ranks as a role man in the league. Maybe pretty high. Luca hits him up, but like, in terms of like, who's the best role man in the NBA? Like, nobody's gonna say Dwight Powell's in like the top ten. Like, no. In terms of what role man do you fear? Like, tag at all? Like, who are you, who's fucking up your rotations because you have to tag, or else it's an automatic dunk, right? Like, Mitch is up there. Even overweight Mitch is up there. Hopefully he's getting, you know, he's he's just getting the bag. He's had he's much much further removed from surgery. Sims is here now. Hartenstein's here, who's not only a great role man but also a great short role man. So like, which is another thing that uh, Dallas didn't really have um, at all, like a versatile center who could be an outlet in a number of ways from three, from the middle, from the rim. So like he he's getting some serious weapons, and he'll still have shooters, right? He'll still have. I mean, we'll see if we get Donnie. Obviously, that's another level. But even without Donnie, like, Fournier made, like, a zillion threes. Quentin Grimes is going to play. Q is going to play. These guys can all shoot. Even Obi and Julius will probably, like, if they're still here, will both probably be, like, at the very worst, passable three-point shooters. So, like, the problem, like, the Knicks, we didn't have the engine to leverage the tools we had. It was just a mixed part. It was, like just combining parts from different vehicles and expecting it to work. And that's just not how transportation works. That was a horrible metaphor, but like it, it yeah, just makes was, so much sense. About that one. We'll just move on from that one. We can cut that one in post. <laughs> Although this is a live pod, so I guess it's too late. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he's going to have different tools and no, it's not going to be the Dallas offense. Of course not. But like, it's not going to be, he's not going to be playing in like, fucking prison ball or something like that like i know our offense sucked last year but the pieces are there the complimentary pieces are there yeah i mean i thought even last year he just did a bad job of using what he had um not to say that there were there was no outcome of that offense especially without Jalen. oh no, no, tibbs no, tibbs no not Jalen. Jalen. i was like what damn <laughs> uh no like i i think tibbs did not do a good job of it last year and even like if rose was healthy let's just say like if Rose was healthy and Julius had a really good season, that offense maybe could have been like top fifteen, ten. Rose maybe. is not a great like like when Rose he drives, he's doing his he's driving for Derek Rose for the most He's also part. he's also just not gonna be healthy. Like that's just the reality is that's just what he is. He's not gonna be healthy. So there was really no outcome where that team was probably ever going to finish higher than fifteenth. Especially well, there is. That would have involved Kemba not being a corpse, but Kemba was a corpse. So, um, 
you know, that it's just there, there was a lot of shit that went wrong. So it is what it is. But like, I, I do think this offense can be pretty dynamic even without Mitchell. Um, not top 10, but I think this team can definitely get to league average uh, with Brunson at point. I actually do. So like Burks leaving to me is actually a hit. Uh, not like a, you know, it, it's not one that you can't get over, obviously. But like he was a sniper. He played in a lot of their best lineups. He was versatile on and off ball. He gave them kind of like a whack but necessary three-level scorer at times. He was good at getting high value. Like, he, he converted, and this is like gold for the Knicks, right? Nobody else really – he was horrible at the rim, but like the three highest value shots are the rim, the free throws, and threes that are open. He was really good at hitting open threes and terrible at the rim. But really good at drawing free throws. So that's two out of three. No, I don't think there's any other Nick who even... I mean, there's a bunch of Knicks who got one out of three with, like, three-pointers. But maybe IQ with three-pointers and free throws, I guess. And that's about it. Like, nobody else really hits those efficiency marks. And um, AB hit two of them. Which is why it's important that Jalen hits at least two of them, right? Like, I don't I don't think he's, like, some free-throw-drawing god. But he's no, great he's at not. the rim and great from three. So... That's two out of three. The difference is he's also a point guard, like actually, so he can pass and create for others and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, not just to, not just to Tibbs. He, he's yeah, a, he's a real point guard. Um, True point guard. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. This is why I wonder, like, so the team as it stands now, right? If you were just realistic 10-man rotation, I think it would be something like Jalen, Grimes, RJ, Randall, Mitch. And then you have Rose, IQ, Fournier, Obi, uh, Hartenstein. Okay, that that's the realistic 10. Reddish would be like first one in, I think, if somebody got hurt. Uh, and maybe Deuce after that, right? Whatever. Or Jericho if it's a center injury. That team, I think, should pretty comfortably finish top seven, six, maybe five defensively. Um, you have enough continuity. You have enough guys that just try hard and will run around. Uh, the team last year was basically elite in all of the non-Kemba minutes, despite Julius playing like a sack of shit. Uh, and our center rotation is going to be even better. 
yeah, definitely a better center rotation and defensively. Know, yeah, I mean, offensively, it's way better. I well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless I, know, I mean, I know corner three Taj was fun, but come on. Um, I will be like, rooting for corner three Taj very regularly in person. Exactly. So you can make sure get a get a next jersey, have him sign it. I'm sure he'll love it. I fuck, fuck around. I might do it. Yeah. Tell me. Tell him. Tell him where you're from too. <laughs> I might get a jersey. I don't know if Taj is getting a jersey, but I could do a jersey. Nice, get a jersey. The British just buy so cheap right now. Ain't nobody buying Taj Gibson excess jerseys. I'm gonna uh, charge. I'm gonna charge it to the Strickland. There you go. Uh, but like that team should be really good defensively, and I think they will be. Like we just talked about, I. It's hard to project offensively for a few reasons. Even if I don't want Randall here, Randall will be better. Like there's. Absolutely no way he's going to be worse. I, yeah, I re- that's just how it should work. So like, <laughs> like, yeah. There's just no way he can be worse. Okay, so that's just like an automatic for sure bump, right? Second, RJ has to be better. Like that's that's what it is. He's fourth year player. He like he, he gets better every year. Yeah, but it's it's like gotta happen. Like it's oh, gotta oh, happen yeah, it's gotta happen now. So. We if that's not even a projection. That's just like, motherfucker, we need this. So I'm telling you it's a projection. Like, it's happening. So that's one. Okay, that's two, sorry. I think OB just... The thing is, it's not even about getting better. The If you just play him, he'll get you, like, his 62 true shooting, you know, fucking 15 points in 15 minutes and whatever. He'll just do... Like, he will be efficient. I'm not worried about him. I think Grimes will be better. I think quickly will be better for sure. I think quickly got. We talked about this the other day, but like, I don't know what the hell happened over All Star break. Maybe you know, maybe he went to church, had heard the heard the right sermon, or maybe him and Uncle Wes had a night out and got him right. But like, he was. It wasn't just like it was how he was carrying himself after All Star break, right? It was like everything was decisive. He was playing with swagger again. Maybe Julius's kid. Kid told him that like he was disappointing, just like he did Julius the season before. And Ike, he was like, "Damn, I gotta get it together." Yeah. Tell your tell your dad. Uh, but like, but like, I don't know what it was, but he was just playing with like a different type of, I don't want to say energy, but a different type of swagger. And I just, it just carried over into actually playing better, making more shots, blah 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 blah. The playmaking obviously leaped. I'll put up pull up my stat from yesterday, but. I mean, the, I think he went from like something like five point two potential assists a game to the first half, like before All Star break, to seven point six. After that, I want to say maybe nine point two. I don't know. It was a lot. It was a big jump he made. Uh, it, it's just like the leap was real, and I think that's carrying over. I, I, I don't know. I, I something went off. Like something just went off for him at the end of the year. I think especially him and Obi. So I think those guys carry that over into this season. Um, and then the last one is just Jalen Brunson. Like, we know he's an upgrade on point guard Alec Burks. Anyway, right? Um, now, what would be... And, and the other part piece is, theoretically, because Jalen Brunson will not be a corpse, Derek Rose will not need to be over-relied on like he was at the start of last season. Um, that was, I think, part of the reason why he wore down. Because if you remember the start of last season, he was like... He was great on both ends. 
I mean, forget Gray. He was just, yeah, he was just on fire. But then, yeah, like, you know, he, he gets hurt. He's picking up injuries. Uh, it, it was just, I, I don't know. I, the minutes per game don't really drive it home well. I, I think it was very obvious, though, that he got overused early in the season. <laughs> um, so, like, he should be back right. Now, what is the actual downgrade offensively we've made? And the only one I can come up with is Alec Burks not playing, which I feel like there's more than enough to offset that. So what is that team, right? Like that team to me, if you're a top five-ish defense, let's just say top seven, okay? Top seven defense and a average-ish offense, if not better, if not slightly better, that should be a play, play. That's like, that is a playoff team. Just that's a playoff team. And my question is like, if you get Donovan Mitchell, and I'm not even talking about the cost and who would go out and all that stuff, but if you just get Donovan Mitchell, right? This is real quick, uh, just on the on the point you just described. So like, I was looking at teams here. Hold on, let me pull up the whole year. Like, like I'm prepared. Unprepared. I know. I, I thought I had the whole year stats, but it was only since January first, so I was uh messing my anyway, my point is look at the Raptors, right? The Raptors did well. They had a lot of injuries, but they were a pretty good defense and a middle of the tier offense. Like the expectations of James I don't even know what I'm gonna do with that comment. Um <laughs> Like so, I, I feel like how teams felt, uh, how people in the media felt about the Raptors. Like, oh yeah, they're they're a playoff team, right? They're not going to contend, but they're a playoff team. Like that's <laughs> pretty much would be the vibe with this kind of Knicks team in terms of talent. James just said in the chat, "I feel like I'm watching my parents have sex." By the way, which is weird because I'm the only one on video right now. Um, so I don't know what that means, James. He has some very specific. Uh... Oh gosh, <laughs> we're getting it's kind of dark. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> No, go, go ahead. You were, you were saying? No, I'm saying, like, that's, uh, like, in terms of where a given team would stand in the hierarchy, like, that's kind of what I would expect. Like, the Raptors were the fifth seed. They, they got lucky and unlucky at the same time. They got lucky in terms of their point differential, I think, but they got unlucky with injuries. They were over 10. They were 14 games over five. They were 48 and 34. But if you look at their stats, like they're, they were pretty good at defense and okay at offense, and that gets you a sixth seed or a fifth seed. It's not that crazy. Like it's not guaranteed either, because you know maybe the Knicks have bad injury luck. That should ha- we've actually had pretty. Actually, I don't even know if I can say we had good injury luck. Just as the center rotation was like in shambles, but. You know, like if RJ went down or Jalen went down, like that would suck, right? Like, you know, who knows? Yeah, you can't, um, you can't even like account for that stuff. So it's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, uh, okay, okay. Now I'm prepared. Raptors had the sixth highest defensive rating and the 16th highest offensive rating. So something like that. And even if you bump that down a little bit, like, well, Raptors, the fifth seed, 14 games over 500, which is a lot better than the Knicks were. So, like, yeah, that's 
that's if if you're a top ten defense and your offense basically doesn't suck, like you'll be in the mix. You won't be contending, but you'll be in the mix. Yeah, and I just so I wonder this, like what um if you add Mitchell, let's say let's just say I'm not I'm not trying to have a debate about whether we should do this or not. Okay, this is not that conversation. We got that conversation later. But the conversation I want to have now is so let's say we get Mitchell and Grimes goes out, Fournier goes out of the rotation, and Rose is out of the rotation. Okay. Julius here? Julius is here. Okay. And let's just say Reddish is gone too. Right? Just 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 you know, for the fuck of it. Okay. What like do I think that team has a higher ceiling because you have a true offensive centerpiece engine, whatever you want to call it? Absolutely, I do. So this is not me like poo-pooing that idea at all. But what I wonder is like, how much better is that team in the service of winning games in the regular season? And... I honestly think, and I know this sounds insane, but I really think there's like a world where we're a worse regular season team in that scenario. Um, but I, again, I want to make this very clear: that is not an argument for like ceiling. Ceiling argument is a different one, right? Like, I think no question, getting a Donovan Mitchell gives you a higher ceiling, uh, particularly come playoff time. But like, I do think in the regular season there is an argument to be made that. You are worse if those are the players going out and given like what the rest of your rotation would look like. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you it's mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. New episodes of Fly on the Wallin' drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallin' wherever you get your podcasts.